Shavua Tov, everybody. I just wanted to give a quick Divrei Torah and Parashat Vayishlach, one that I heard today in Rabbi Mansour's morning class. Absolutely phenomenal. It starts off with Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanav Lesav Achiv Artsa Seir Sede Edom. So Yaakov sent angels to Esav, his brother, to the land of Seir in the field of Edom. We know what's going on here. Essentially, Yaakov wants to appeal to and appease his brother, who's coming to kill him, supposedly. And the Pasuk and the Parasha opens with the statement of Yaakov sending angels to his brother in the land of Seir in the field of Edom. First question, why is Yaakov sending angels? Why couldn't he go himself or why couldn't he send human beings to do it? Number two, why does the Pasuk have to tell us Esav is in the land of Seir, the field of Edom? Who cares? Who cares where Esav is? Do we really need those details? Then it continues, Vaisav otam lemor ko tomrun la adoni le Esav ko amar abdecha Yaakov and what does he tell them to say? So shall you say to my master Esav, so said your servant Yaakov, with Lavan I have lived with and I have tarried until now. And I have a lot of oxes now and donkeys and livestock and men servants and maidservants and I sent to tell my master to find favor in your eyes. More questions. Number one, why is Yaakov saying, why is, why is Yaakov saying, say to my master Esav, listen, you want to flatter Esav to his face because you know he's upset at you? Great. But, but why is Yaakov calling Esav, my master, to the angels? That's question number one with this pasuk. Question number two, why is he telling Esav about living with Lavan? Who cares? Does Esav really care that he lives that he lived with Lavan? Why does he need this world history? Let's keep going, and we're going to answer all these questions in one shot. The angels returned. El Yaakov Yaakov saying, "Banu We went to your brother Esav, and he's going towards you. And he has four hundred men with him. He has an army. They're coming after you. Yaakov And Yaakov became very afraid, and vayetzed lo. Pasuk says he was distressed. And he divided the people with him, and the livestock and the cattle and the camels, into two camps. And he said, If Esav comes, if he comes to one camp, and he, and he smites them, he kills them, then the, the, the second camp will be saved. So the question we have here is, what does that mean Yaakov became afraid? He became afraid and, and then Basuki has end distress. First of all, why did he become afraid in the first place? Yaakov, we read in previous parashiot, he lifted a massive hundred ton rock off a well. He flicked it like a cork. Meanwhile, they couldn't get a hundred guys to do it. So we knew he was strong. He just, he beat a malach as we know in, in a wrestle, in a hustle tumble. And we're going to read later on that his young kids who came from him slaughtered an entire town. Right? Uh, Shechem, Shimon and Levi, they slaughtered all these men and their young kids. So Kalahome, the father was, Yaakov was strong, Yaakov was powerful. So how is he afraid? We have a lot, a lot of beautiful questions. We're going to answer it all in two seconds. Here we go. Vaishlach Yaakov Malachim Lefanav. Yaakov sent angels before him. Why did he send the angels? First of all, we have to understand the connection to why Yaakov was afraid. Vayira Yaakov, he was afraid. Why? Vayetzer, lo, he was distressed. Vayetzer is a word that we also find in Parashat Balak. And Parashat Balak, the word that they use there is that when Bil'am was on his way 
to curse the Jews and he was stuck tight between two walls where he couldn't move. He couldn't go to the left or the right. The Pasuk says, this is Pasuk 26 in Balak, Yosef Malach Adonai Avur, the angel of Hashem continued to pass. He was blocking the way Amod bin Kursar and he stood in a cramped place. So Sari, Asad, he was cramped. He was in the middle. He was stuck in the center. He couldn't go left or right. Asher in Derek Lignot, there's no way to stray. Yamin was small to go to the right or the left. So we're gonna we're gonna reread this Pasuk now in Vaishlach using that reference of of, of Sar being where you're stuck in a, in, a, in a spot where you can't go left or right. Yaakov was very afraid. Why? He realized he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. He realized he was stuck and he couldn't go left or right. What does that mean? What was Yaakov worried about that he, that he was stuck in? He was worried that, that he didn't know whether Esav was coming for peace or Esav was coming for war. And why is that a problem? If Esav is coming for peace and Yaakov prepares for war. Esav's going to realize it's time for a battle and he's going to battle him. But if he's coming for war and Yaakov is only prepared for peace, then when Esav attacks, Yaakov's not going to be ready. So Yaakov's nervous. Should I be for peace? Should I be for war? How do I hint to Esav that I want peace, but I'm ready for war if it happens, right? And this is a great negotiation uh, uh, tactic, right? When, you in, when you're in business or you're in a situation in, in diplomatic affairs, let's say global affairs and politics, you want peace, but you also want to make sure they know you're not weak. You want them to know that you're ready for war. So Yaakov's, by his said, he's in a tough spot. He can't go left, he can't go right. He has to be perfectly in the middle where he expresses, I want peace, but I can have war. So the answer to our first question about why he sent angels, it's actually for this reason. Only an angel can be so perfect and understand perfectly how to portray a message at this precision. If Yaakov sent a human being, the human being could have presented it in a way where it's, oh, oh, Yaakov wants peace. He's weak. He's not, he's not going to fight me. Or the other direction, oh, Yaakov wants war. Yaakov's, Yaakov wants to fight. I'm going to fight him. No, he knows if I send an angel, an angel will be able to do exactly what I need him to do, which in this case is to show Esav, I want peace, but I'm ready for war. Now, we said, why do we care where Esav is when it says Seir and Edom? It was actually to, 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 to prove to us that Yaakov knew Esav was upset. Why? Seir means hair. Esav basically named the place he is Seir hair. Why? He's trying to say, I'm the hairy guy. And Yaakov made believe he had hair so he could steal my blessing. But I'm the hairy guy. He, he, he named the place to remind himself that he is the hairy guy. And that Yaakov stole his blessing even though Yaakov has no hair. And why the field of Edom? Again, Edom, red. I'm the red one. And yet I don't have the blessings because Yaakov made believe that he was the red one. So, so Yaakov knew he was mad. So now he's sending angels again to portray the message. Now, he told him, Yaakov told the angels, say to my master, to Esav, why am I mentioning the comma? Yaakov, the Zohar says, he was not talking about Esav when he said Ladoni. He was talking about Hashem. Basically, Yaakov was telling the angels, listen to me. If, ya, if Esav wants war and we go in for peace, we're going to be weak. It's a problem. If Esav wants peace and we go into war, we're going to instigate, he's going to kill us. So you have to talk to Adoni first. Talk to Hashem first. 
Even though you're an angel, you gotta talk to Hashem because your mission is impossible. Your mission is very, very difficult. Talk to Ladoni, let Esav. Then you go to Esav. That's why there's a comma there. So go to Ladoni, go talk to Hashem of what we want to get done. Confide in Hashem what the mission is. Make sure you have his blessing. Let Esav. Then you go to Esav. So now we're banging out answers to these questions. Yaakov sent angels because the mission is very difficult. He went to Esav to the specific place of Seir and Edom to show that Yaakov knew Esav was still mad because he named all these places after himself to remind him that he was the one with the blessings. Then Yaakov told the angels, talk to Adoni Le Esav, not Esav my Adoni, Le Adoni ta Hashem. Then talk to Esav because we need Hashem in this situation. And now we get to the very interesting question. Why is the main message he's sending them to speak to Esav is I lived with Lavan. I lived with Lavan. What does that have to do with anything, Yaakov? Amazing. Look at this. Im Lavan Garti. There's two ways to say lived. It's, it's Garti or you could say Yashabti. I, I, I dwelled. When you're a stranger, when you're visiting a place, you say Garti. But when you say you, you, you're living somewhere, you say Yashav, I'm, 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 I'm dwelling, right? So if you're from New York, you lived in New York 20 years, you're not going to say Garti. You're not going to say, yeah, you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm sojourning, meaning I'm a stranger in a land. No, Yashav, I, I live here. So why is Yaakov saying Garti? So Yaakov had hidden messages here. Garti, I'm a stranger. He's trying to tell Esav, Esav, listen, you, 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 you're mad I took your blessing, that I was going to have great success. I lived with Lavan for 20 years, but Garti, I lived with him as a stranger. I didn't become powerful there. I didn't become a king or a politician or a rich businessman there. I didn't become a well-known guy. I'm still a stranger there. I'm still wandering. I have to leave there. I don't have any stability on my structure. It's overrated the blessing. So don't get mad at me. I don't have anything that you want. You're probably more powerful than me. You're in Seir Edom. You're naming towns. You're naming cities. You're living in places that you named after you. Me, Garti. I'm a stranger. So that's one message where he's trying to tell us, listen, it's not a big deal. I want peace. Don't, don't, you don't want to fight me. I don't have anything of yours. I'm nothing. I'm a stranger. But what's the hidden message also? Garti. If you rewrite the words, the letters of Garti, Taryag, 613 mitzvot. He's saying, listen, Esav, I lived with Lavan, but don't think I fell from my high level. Don't think I stopped keeping the Torah. Don't think I'm not still connected to Hashem. Garti, Taryag. I have the 613 mitzvot down to the T. So don't mess with me. Be careful. Watch out. I have Hashem with me. So what's the message he's sending with the angels? Garti, I'm a stranger. I don't want to fight. I want peace. I have nothing. I, I don't want to mess. But Garti, Tariyag Mitzvah, I have 630. So if you want to go to war, I could go to war. I want peace. But if you want to go to war, I'm going to go to war. And this is a wild, wild, wild lesson of just negotiations and things in life in general, just a way to balance, right? Where we want peace, we want to do what's right, we want calmness, shalom, shalvanevish, but if I got to fight, we're going to fight. We're going to fight. And the only way you can have confidence if you fight is number one, tomrun ladoni, is to talk to Hashem. And number two, garti, keeping the 613 mitzvot, sticking to the Torah, so, so think about the lessons you're learning here. Stick to the Torah, talk to Hashem. That's the only way you could properly prepare to win battles. 
to win battles. So now what happens? The angels come back, they tell him, Esav's coming with all his men. Yaakov got a little afraid, and he was distressed. He was, he was, because again, he's in a tight spot. Okay, and then he split the two camps. Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. First of all, he knew he was in a tough spot. So, so, so what's he stressed about? And also, why is his response to being stressed splitting the camps? So here's the thing. Yaakov now became stressed about, about something else now, a little extra. Yaakov became worried if he goes to war and he upsets Esav, there's a chance that there's annihilation. There's a chance that, God forbid, people on his side die. He might have to kill, meaning Yaakov might have to kill people. Right? The, the Mefarshim say, not only was Yaakov scared that Esav would kill some of his people, Yaakov didn't want to kill other people. So now when he heard Esav's coming with an army, now it's becoming reality. It's like, oh my God, there might be annihilation. There might be war. But what's on the other side he's scared about? He sent him gifts. He sent him, what if Esav actually loves him and is going to make peace? And now there's risk of assimilation, which is spiritual annihilation. So Yaakov is worried, either annihilation or assimilation. And he didn't want anything to do with Esav. He didn't want anything to do with Esav. So he was stressed. So what happened? He divided the camps. He divided the camps. Meaning he had a camp ready for peace. And he had a camp ready for war. And by the way, what do we know ends up happening? Esav comes. He cries. He hugs him. Whatever he says, let me walk with you. Let's, let's go together. And Yaakov says, no, I'll meet you there. <laughs> go, go ahead. You know, the, the, the children, they go slow. The animals, they go slow. Esav's like, no, come on. We'll go. He's like, no, no. So, so what Yaakov was worried about, we actually see ended up sort of happening in a way, right? Where, where Esav actually asked, oh, who are these people? Yaakov says, my family. He's like, okay, listen, I'll take you gifts. We're good. Let's go. Let's walk. And Yaakov's like, I don't, I don't want to walk. I want to, again, he had to toll the balance because you don't want to offend the man, right? Yaakov didn't want to offend Esav where now he's upset at him again, but he also can't give in where now he's assimilating. So he had to toll this very, very, Fine line, fine balance. Um, and, 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 that's, and that's really what Yaakov was dealing with. So to summarize, why did Yaakov send the angels? Because he was in a very tough situation. If he prepares for peace, but Esav wants war, he'll get destroyed. If he prepares for war and Esav wants peace, Esav's going to want to fight. If Yaakov is too nice and too sweet and too loving, Esav might love him so much and it might lead to assimilation. And if he's too tough, again, he might instigate for battle. So Yaakov was in a tough place. So he sent angels. Why does the Pasuk say the land of Seir, the land of Edom? To remind us that Esav is still mad because Esav named the places after his character traits that he felt Yaakov used to trick his father and get the blessings. And why does Yaakov say, Ladoni le'esav? He's telling the angels, even though you're angels, it's a very difficult situation. And you have to first talk to Adoni, my, my master Hashem, before you go to Esav. And then once you go to Esav, you say, Yaakov. Here says your servant Yaakov, meaning show him that he's my master, I'm his servant, you know, appease to him. And tell him, Im Lavan Garti. Tell him that I was a get, I'm a stranger with Lavan for 20 years. I didn't achieve anything. But at the same time, Garti, Tariag Mitzvot, have Hashem on my side. I'm ready for war. And when the angels came back and said there was a big army, why was Yaakov also Vayet said he was stressed? He was in a he was between a rock and a hard place. Because again, he was worried about the assimilation and the annihilation. So he had to create a balance that was very, very difficult. 
First of all, just reading it this way, unpacking it this way, having these nine pesukim unpacked in this way is incredible. But there's also a very practical lesson for us. First of all, we learn how to negotiate properly. When you are standing on the other side of the table of your opponent, you want peace, but you have to make sure that your desire for peace does not come off as weakness. So you say, yes, I want peace. However, I am ready to battle. And what is the lesson about how you can have confidence when to, to, to go into battle? Number one is tomar ladoni, right? Tomerun ladoni is to talk to Hashem. You have Hashem on your side and also garti tariag mitzvot. You have to have the 613 mitzvot. You have to be someone who's following the ways of the Torah, mitzvot and tefillah things like that. And then what's the other lesson for us, for the Jews outside of Israel, outside of Eretz Yisrael, who are in Galut, who are in exile? You have to balance. Love the nations you're in. They're taking care of you. The nations that we're in are helping us flourish. Torah is flourishing in America. Mitzvot are flourishing in America. Show the love and the appreciation. Build, grow. We have businesses. We have shuls. We have synagogues. We have schools, etc. However, don't forget to fall. Don't don't fall too in love. Where now you're assimilating. You're losing your heritage. You're losing your Judaism. You're losing your core. It's a very very fine balance. And the way you achieve that balance is the garti tariag mitzvot and talking to Hashem and holding on to your values. So God willing, we will continue to flourish. Here in America, and God willing, we will continue to have the Tariyag Mitzvot and connect to Hashem and achieve all our goals. Shavuatov.